are we on the air now? Yeah, we're on, we're on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna do a quick intro, ready? It's unprofessional. I'm Lex. Wait, we're doing, that's how we're doing this? That's how I'm doing it. It's unprofessional. Why are we I'm doing Lex. Oh, I thought we were gonna do like, uh, uh, some build-up to the, the whole guest uh, situation. Uh, Alright, alright, so, okay, I can do it. And I'm Dave. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Well, welcome once again to Unprofessional. I am joined, as always, by my best friend and yours, my co-host, Dave Whiskus. Hi, Dave. Greetings, senor. Now, as everyone knows, typically on this show, we have uh, but one guest uh, who joins us on the show as we converse about whatever the hell we feel like. Uh, but today, we're not doing that. We are not doing a one-guest episode, Dave. Is this to make up for the no-guest episode we had a couple weeks ago? We want to average out to one guest per show. I and see. Since we did a couple weeks ago, we're doing two this time. Do you know who they are? I'm I'm unclear. Don't lie. You know exactly I, who it is. Of course I know who they are. We are joined by two people uh, whose full first name involves the word Jonathan, if I'm not mistaken. And those two people are Jonathan Flansburg <laughs> and Jonathan Colton. Hey. Hi. That's right on my end. I don't think you're not really a Jonathan Flansburg. No, are you? I'm a J-O-H-N. Just straight up John. Oh. I don't really know what the difference is. See, Lex, you have to give up your, your fan club card. <laughs> I'll return. I think they, they are different names, though, right? They come from different uh, different places? Yeah, I think that's that's the, the strange truth, is that one is not the diminutive of the other, or vice versa. Right. That's true with the names. I, I can't say if it's true with the two of you. That's really for you guys to find out. I think they're from different. I think they're from different cultures. Actually, it's really what it's. It's like sort of like, you know, one is Greek and one is Nordic or something. Yeah. You just happen to average out to a white guy. It all all roads lead back to a celebration of whiteness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say because we always try to at the top have the guests identify who they are but honestly at this point if, you, if if our listeners have come this far in the unprofessional program and still don't know who John and Jonathan are then uh, I don't think they deserve to know I say fuck them <laughs> the people who don't know <laughs> not not our guests oh, it's all about the love <laughs> well everybody knows Jonathan Colton's name but I, I John Flansburg here on the crummy sounding iPhone um, <laughs> I am I am the, the lower half of they might be giants is that by pitch or altitude <laughs> no no just it's it's just by uh, uh Clo- closer to the earth <laughs> yes role play <laughs> moral character no so how have you guys been doing pretty good this is a, a celebration in cross talking all already i know i feel like you know when you have one <laughs> <laughs> you will edit this part out, I presume, but sure, your listeners should know that prior to the beginning of this conversation, there was about a 12-minute segment where we were trying to get <laughs> John Flansburg in, into our Skype call. And uh, I feel like when you add a guest, I feel like it increases the complexity exponentially. Yeah, It's, like it's become very hard to con- converse, very hard to add people. The whole thing is really difficult. <laughs> I'm going to hand the phone over to your grandfather now. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has often suggested that we should have a spinoff show or a DVD extra of uh, our providing tech support to the stars where we talk them through the Skype setup and things because we've helped many, many people connect to us through the internet. Well, the best part is we already have like a solid hour of doing this with Flansburg from the last time. (laughs) Well, last time we did it over the phone, I think. True, true. 
No, last time was seamless with uh, the microphones and the yeah, it was beautiful. It's totally high tech. This this is this is strange. I hope I don't sound like a bug on this uh, recording. No, no, no you, not sound, at all. you sound pretty good. Um, you sound more like an, an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what an alligator sounds like, but yes, that is accurate. You sound like an alligator. There is the sound of Skype, which is the kind of the sliding, the weird kind of whizzing sliding sound of Skype. Yeah. <laughs> That's their tagline. Digital hash. Yeah. Huh. Dig- digital hash is what robots eat for breakfast. I really tried hard not to say it, and I couldn't stop myself. I had started the sentence, and I just had to see it all the way through. Digital hash and eggs over easy. It's <laughs> <laughs> my, my impression of a robot. I'm just, now you said John Hodgman funny. Now I'm feeling all this pressure. I'm going to have oh. to make all these robot jokes. <laughs> we can, we'll just Skype him in, too. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That's what we need. We need one more guest, I think. We can't, we can't take it. The wires would melt. <laughs> I, uh, I, here's what I want to talk about today. Here's what I was thinking about. Oh, good. There's started. a thing. There is. Well, Jonathan, you, you host a uh, – well, I don't know if host is the right word. But <laughs> you, you oversee a, uh, I guess, annual cruise. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And, it's uh, called Joko Cruise Crazy. That's right. Plug it. Terrible name. Well, referencing a hit Joko song, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a bit of an inside joke. <laughs> makes it makes it hard to attract anybody who isn't already uh, uh, fully covered in Kool Aid. I, <laughs> I don't think passive don't... fans are going to get on a boat with you. So I mean, th- I think you're playing to your strengths there. <laughs> well, maybe that's true. I don't know. But uh, I'm curious about your overall take on the cruising experience. Not necessarily a cruise devoted to you and your friends, but just in general. I just came back from a cruise, and um, I, I'm always conflicted because certainly I enjoy cruising, hence the going on a cruise. But you spend, or at least I spend a lot of the time thinking about the crappy working conditions of the people who both live and work on the boat. Hang on, mm-hmm. I'm getting an audio clip of you saying I enjoy cruising. That's <laughs> <laughs> Well, cruising, cruising is, it's a really strange and interesting phenomenon, I think. And, and it's the, uh, the best way I can explain it is if you've ever been to Vegas, you will know that the only way to enjoy Las Vegas is to pretend that what is happening around you is not the most depraved, disgusting, despicable example of American excess. You, you have to, you have to have this kind of suspension of morality (laughs) (laughs) and you have to relax and go with it and say like yes i deserve to be eating a 32 ounce steak in the middle of a desert um (laughs) and uh it's the same thing with cruising you you will have a great time if you if you if you convince yourself that it's totally appropriate that you are living like a rich person temporarily that's sort of that's sort of what it is, right? It's it's fake rich person life for you. Um, you have you don't have to go anywhere or be anywhere. There's free food everywhere. everywhere. You're just eating and drinking and going to the pool and being taken to beaches and it's uh, it's awesome. Sounds like a dream. It's like it is like a dream, but it is a very weird place because ultimately you're on what is kind of a giant floating mall, you know, <laughs> uh, and you're surrounded by people. <laughs> Well, that's a nightmare. You might not have wanted to cruise with, you know? 
the the thing that always gets to me is you you find the people you see people on the cruise and you're like ah, I clearly don't like that person even if you have no interactions with them you can just tell it's a visual thing but then you keep seeing them throughout the duration of the cruise because they're on that same even if That's it's right. a large vessel you're in that same confined space right every time you belly up to the pasta bar there they are does that mean yeah. you're less likely to be an asshole to the people around you is there is no. there more of a spirit of camaraderie on the on the boat. <laughs> Uh, it depends. It depends. I, you know, I, my, my experience with cruising has always been Choco cruise crazy. And with a large group of, uh, people and friends who I know and like, and so it's that, that aspect of it is very, is very fun. I think going on a cruise by yourself would be terrible. (laughs) John, John, have you cruised? Uh, the only cruise I've been on, I've been on a couple, I went on a cruise, to the fjords with my grandmother when I was fourteen, that was fantastic, and uh, and and then I uh, I uh, DJed uh, on the Joko cruise. I, it wasn't the last time. I guess it was the time before. Yeah, and that was that was actually really fun. And I have to say, I, I feel like you, you know, like like many things uh, in your professional life, Jonathan, you have found you found a uh, the perfect balance between being. Um, uh, you know, professionally famous and uh, a and and also a uh, a, 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 ni- a nice guy um, because <laughs> it's, it's, it, seem, it seems like it, a, a really untenable position. I mean, it's like uh, there is there is a Woody Allen movie about this. I think you know about sort of being trapped, uh, you know, with your fans in some remote location, and it just seems like your the potential for <laughs> inadvertently hurting everyone's feelings is, is almost unlimited. Right. And, uh, and yet you managed to uh, hurt no one's feelings. Well, and, as far as I know. No, but you don't, you know, you're very welcoming and it's very, it seems very normal. And in a weird way, you kind of declared this, um, you know, invisible wall around yourself that people totally respect, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like New York, the way New York deals with celebrities. I think there's sort of this unwritten, rule that you can't be a weirdo you know that you yeah. shouldn't be a weirdo. <laughs> yeah right. nobody in new just, york just, is a weirdo well no <laughs> but it's it, there's this unspoken rule that it's like when you see a famous person just be cool just be cool right <laughs> yeah yeah which is not the, really the not the way it is in la even it seems like you know it seems it seems like new york has kind of got a corner on that and with us why new york city is such a celebrity magnet I think uh, for New York, and and I'm new here, so forgive me, but it seems like New York just has a confidence about it that other cities maybe lack. L.A. feels like it's trying too hard. I'm semi from L.A., and I'll say with some authority there that L.A. really wants you to like L.A. L.A. really cares what you think about it, but New York just doesn't really care what you think about New York. Yeah, that that sounds right. I think there's also something to the the fact that in New York you are, are, I mean, especially if if you take public transportation, um, you are in large groups of complete strangers almost constantly when you're in New York City. Anytime you leave your house, your tiny little, <laughs> your tiny little mouse hole for the outside world, you're surrounded by strangers. And I, th- I think everybody gets very good at, uh, at just pretending, pretending that they are in their own private space. Uh, and so there's not a, there's not a, New York is kind of known as an, unfriendly city which i think is an unfair description i think people are friendly they're just they're just pretending you're not there until they need to talk to you that explains why they're okay having entire phone conversations on the subway yeah right (laughs) the little bubble 
I think with with Los Angeles, you have to make a really big deal about how you're being totally cool about seeing the famous person. Like in New York, you can actually be cool about seeing the famous person. But in L.A., you have to make sure the famous person knows that you've seen them and that you're being super cool about it. That was my experience. I lived in L.A. for five years, so I, too, am an expert on this matter. (laughs) We have a whole panel of experts. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The other thing that I was thinking about with, with the, on the cruise side is I was, I was technically working on this cruise. I was just on giving four nerdy lectures to old people who like technology. And um, when you, like I was far from the famous person on this cruise. There wasn't really a famous person on the cruise. But I was, I was somebody who gave talks to many of the cruise attendees. So they all knew me. And my big fear was that they were going to come up to me and ask me questions, ask me like tech support questions during the day, which I didn't want. And then, <laughs> like how do you, how do you Skype? Yes, <laughs> but instead they wanted to come up and uh, they wanted to tell me cool tricks that they had found for their own iPhones and iPads, and that was actually worse. <laughs> Colton, I, I honestly I don't know how you do it. The idea of being trapped on a boat with a bunch of people who know stuff and want to talk to me, uh, and I know nothing about them that that sounds like a nightmare to me. Well, you know, I I, I have to say, John is right. It's it's a it's a. It finds this equilibrium. This is one of the things I love about the cruise is that it's it's the it's the only time that this group of people, this very large group of fans from all over the country, all over the world, are together in the same physical space. It's it's like the Jonathan Colton convention. You know, it's the thing that happens every year, and and so they all sort of know each other and um, are friendly with one another and are happy to meet each other in person and. So I, I am kind of a, in many ways, I'm sort of a secondary concern for all of them. And, and plus, we are, we're all there for a whole week. So it's like, you know, when you, when you see, see a famous person that you want to talk to, you're, and you, then you finally talk to them, it's like you have one shot. you got to get it right. There's a lot you want to express to them. Uh, and so people freak out, you know. I but love when, you. When, yeah, right. It never goes well. I've had that conversation many times uh, <laughs> when I meet famous people. I probably did it to John Flansburg when I first met John Flansburg. I probably. Said I something. find that hugging. I, th- I find that hugging works. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Wait, an icebreaker. Hugging fans or hugging famous people? Uh, you no, know, no. I mean, uh, if somebody comes up to me and they're just going like ubbed, 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 you know. Yeah. Just uh, just you go to pull a warm hug, horsey on them. You know. Hmm. <laughs> But it's also like we see each other constantly, so it's like the, uh, you know, the same thing. When you're here describing the person that you you see and you decide you hate, well, it's the same thing with all the famous people. So it's like, as you're walking around, it's oh, there's John Hodgman again. Hi, John. And it doesn't become people sort of chill out, which which makes it really pleasurable for everybody because we we get to hang out and there isn't that awkward um, dynamic between famous person and fan, which which makes everybody crazy i think i mean jonathan what made you think this would be a good idea in the first place that's the thing i how did you get to this cruise idea was it really just the song wanting to build something on the word cruise <laughs> no i wish that was the reason <laughs> <laughs> guys i have to do a cruise i'll tell you why I have the <laughs> no it was uh you know i think uh it was the bear I had seen the bare naked ladies do it, uh, and they yes. seemed to be having a really good time. And my uh, booking but agent they broke uh, up. Yeah, look how that turned out. For I them. know they. It didn't turn out so well, but at the time they were they were kicking ass on cruises. And, well, if Jonathan uh, Colton breaks up, you'll know why. Wait, they didn't. They didn't really <laughs> break up. They just they 
they they they they only lost one member, right? They still perform and tour as bare naked ladies, right? The important one, right? Well, one of them. I'm just saying. Okay. Conti- yeah. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't missed a, a crazy headline that even no, more no, bare naked no. ladies had broken up. Like, no, oh, no I guess they didn't. They didn't lady. break up. They just they just kicked no. out the co-founding member. Right, the co-founding member and right. the lead singer of more than half of their songs. That's not. <laughs> Right, it's not really a breakup. Right, well, but now I'm thinking uh, you should totally. It's more like a beheading. <laughs> right, there is still a chicken running around called bare naked ladies. You only need three oh, beetles, boy. right? I hope. I hope you guys are not going to try to get bare naked ladies on the show. <laughs> I can. Say, this is totally. Uh, this is not the right time to admit this because it's this is like the embarrassing fan part now. But I recall being on some in the late '90s, some they might be giants fandom email list when that was all the rage. Yikes! And when whenever somebody would say, "Well, who are other bands I should be listening to?" Uh, Bare Naked Ladies and Moxie Fruvis were always the answers, and that's where I first learned of Bare Naked Ladies was in that email list. Oh, I think. Um, and then and then there was the you know the the when they had a hit records, all of a sudden we became. The United States bare naked ladies, right? <laughs> I can see that. No, they're the they're the Canadian. They might be giants. I, I think I think that they they suffered with that for a while until they they you know took over the charts. <laughs> but there's not you know um, I'm I'm I always like I always like that Ween band, but I'm, they never really cared for. They were very publicly anti. They might be giants. That was very strange. Really? They like, were was there a feud? Anti, they might be giants. Yeah, they have a very they have had a very extreme idea of their mission, uh, which was um, uh, I, I forget they they expressed it really definitively once, and uh, it was like you know that like that they were like you know all all badass all the time or something, and uh, I think they just thought we were uh, kind of precious, didn't want to be mm. didn't want to be associated with. Uh, you know, such art school people. <laughs> Elitists. Well, if you ever Google, as I just did, Ween hates they might be giants. <laughs> uh-huh. The number one result I found was a forum post from, what was this from? From 2008, where the first post is, well, the topic is they might be giants are better than Ween. And then somebody writes, no, Ween hates they might be giants. But they say they that never heard it. Well, they've never heard it out of Miggy or Aaron or Claude or Dave or Glenn. Now, I don't know if those are really the members of Ween because I'm not really a, a Ween expert. I thought those are the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> but at any rate, I, I think there's there's evidence on both sides. I think they love to. I think they they hate to love you. That's what I think happened. I think I think you know. I mean, they came up at a time where it was probably very annoying to be a duo with you know short unusual you know kind of singular songs and lo-fi home recordings and you know it's just nobody wants to be compared to anybody else motley crew doesn't want to be compared to uh striper you know <laughs> right Imagine. it's the same it's the same way lex and dave hate uh everybody from you look nice today it's the same thing. <laughs> yes it's true we absolutely hate those people haven't we had most of them on the show i'm just curious are there podcasts that you were are compared to that's a good question. I don't. I well, don't know that there are podcasts we're compared to. Well, our show is only two white guys, and we don't talk about computers, so it's it's hard to draw right. a real comparison. You're actively not talking about computers, right? We, we've had many. You look nice today. Airs on. I don't think we've had Adam on. Oh no, we need to. We should have him on. Yeah. Let's just start planning the next few shows. Can you? You guys don't <laughs> mind holding, right? 
That's fine. Let us know if we get the guys, anyway. Got some ween on. Yeah. We're going to get you on with ween. We're going to settle this once and for all. We're doing this whole multi-guest thing. I'm a fan. I'm I'm positive about it. I'm uh, I love those guys. Oh, well then they've I, that makes you the bigger man. John Flansburg throwing down the love gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Get Hugs. a room. Hugs. <laughs> oh, so, so the hugs work uh, equally for fans and enemies alike. That's good. Just just hug. All you yeah. need is hugs. Listen, Jesus knew it. Hug you. Didn't he say hug your enemies? That's the eighth commandment. That, I think it's <laughs> hug, your, hug thy neighbor. This new, this new groovy pope knows it. He's driving That's... the right crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thou shalt hug thy pope. So the, the the Pope thing. Let's go off on that for just a second. Sure. Somebody, I just saw somebody complaining that they didn't like the new Pope because even though he's he's more progressive, more liberal, more forward thinking, he's still part of a bigger problem. And I kind of dis- I disagree. Well, I I don't kind of. I fundamentally disagree with this because I think that steps in the right direction should be celebrated, even if it's not perfect. We should be happy with where things are going. Would you say in you other fundamentally words, Christian disagree? Yeah. In other words, don't <laughs> let the good become the the enemy of the great. Right. Right. It's we're we're getting somewhere now. Finally, we're getting somewhere with with uh, Catholicism. Having having a pope that seems to share basic Christian values, <laughs> right? <laughs> seems it like is, a decent it guy. Is, it is remarkable. Yeah, he's. I mean, he seems uh, quite. What he's totally consonant. He's just a normal pope in a way, but it reminds you that the institution of the church has been under siege for so long. That to have somebody who's just kind of proactive and and talking about the problems of poor people around the world suddenly seems really like he's gone off book or something, you know, it's, it's very odd. You think part of it maybe is that that it's become at least in America where the the fundamentalist Christians tend to line up with uh, the right wing and the right wing is very, uh, I don't want to say anti-poor people, but anti-poor people and very pro-rich people, at least uh, on the face of it. And that there's there's now a, a religious leader who seems to be very pro poor people, and that's just confusing. We don't know what political party to align to now. Well, I think I think uh, evangelicals have have a problem with the uh, with Catholicism in general. I think that's actually probably even more fundamental than the right's desire to hypnotize uh, the you know the the underclass of the United States into thinking that they. Their situation isn't getting worse. Um, uh, yeah, I think evangelicals have a very strange relationship with uh, uh, the Catholic Church. I, I was in these catacombs underneath uh, Paris, where all the monks in the Middle Ages were uh, sort of, um, they were just relegated to organize. The, 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 there was a problem with burying the dead in the city of Paris, which is that the water table's really high. So um, even though they wanted to bury people underground, they couldn't. So they, there were all these monks whose job it was to, to basically stack up the bones of the dead. And they created these elaborate and very disturbing catacombs. Um, oh, excuse me. No, this is, a, is, this in, is this in Rome or Paris? I'm not, it's in one of, the, one of the big cities. But for some reason, I was thought, thinking it was in Paris. Um, and uh, it's in Dallas. I took I, t- I took the tour with a bunch of Americans who were clearly, uh, you know, they'd been born at least twice, maybe three times. <laughs> and and um, they were so disturbed by just the um, 
kind of medieval and uh, they they thought the whole thing was like an expression of of it was, they might as well have been like watching you know Linda Blair and the Exorcist <laughs> um they were so they were so disgusted by how n- non-religious it was and of course you know i mean it's it's completely freaky and it but it i think it just made me it made me realize it's just not their religion which is interesting I, I do have a question that it's possible none of us here knows the answer to, but when uh, when Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth resigned the, do we say papacy? Is that the word? When he desi- when he yeah. resigned the popehood, uh, do you still have to call him Pope? Is it like past presidents, or does he go back to being Joseph? Well, like what Learjet is he circling the world on right now to keep him out of the public eye? Like, how can you retire as Pope? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. No, it is crazy. It doesn't work that way. It's like, you know, human, pope, heaven. It's not a jet. He's just doing cruises now. Oh, it is. It is the catacombs of Paris, <laughs> by the way. It's catacombs of Paris. Check it out. Do, do the little Google search. You won't believe how freaky. Just go to Google image directly. That's what you want to see. <laughs> oh, I, this, this stuff is, is nuts. I was just there and it is totally creepy. Yeah. By the way, totally. is, that, is that how you pronounce that? Emeritus? Emeritus, yeah. I had that word stuck in my head, and I'd only ever seen it written. Nice. Yeah, so thanks. That cleared that up. Yeah, uh, geez, I'm, I'm looking at some images right now. That's a lot of bones. It's, I down. mean, it's a lot of bones. Yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. Like, I can't say I loved my time in the catacombs, but it was okay. But it's, it's kind of creepy in there. Uh, yeah. I learned earlier what you don't want to do a Google image search for is vajazzle. Oh. Yeah. Be- because you end up on a watch list? <laughs> <laughs> at least don't do it while you're sitting in a coffee shop. Oh, that, oh, this is creepy. The the Catacombs of Paris one, not the vagina. I mean, they're both kind of creepy, but this one more so. You know, speaking of things that you can do in a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, and and John and Jonathan, you can take this time to, you know, refresh your beers or coffees here. But I want to take a minute just to talk about our first sponsor for a second. Is it beer and coffee? No, it's... Uh, it is, is it a self-driving car? <laughs> we are not so lucky. Is it Vajazzle? Uh That's closer. It's actually Sling. The Sling Box. Ah, yes, Sling. Sling Media. So the Sling Box, Dave, is the only way to take your entire television experience with you wherever you go, including uh, the Jazzle Unfriendly Coffee Shops. Uh, only Sling Box can deliver all of your live TV channels and what's recorded on your DVR wherever you are in the office at a cafe. That's right in the talking points. At a cafe. That's a coffee oh, shop. Look at that. Out doing errands. So many claim, gentlemen, many claim that you can give, that they can give you your TV anywhere, but check the fine print. Some only work on Wi-Fi. Some only do a small subset of channels. Many apps have blackouts. Many of them don't work internationally. <laughs> but that's not a Sling problem. Sling has this great app, the Sling Player for iPad, which is awesome. It can find shows better than any remote you've ever used. It's connected to Twitter and Facebook, so you can see what other people are saying about the show you're watching. If you're a sports fan, it'll give you live stats of the game you're watching. That's cool. It's not a Roku, it's not an Apple TV, but it makes those devices better because with a Slingbox and a Sling Player app, you can watch live TV on them. It's a great way to watch TV on the road and at home, and there are no monthly fees. And guess what, Dave? What? Slingbox has a special offer for unprofessional listeners. I love it when they do that. Not Sling specifically, but sponsors. What's the, what's the offer? 
If you go to slingbox.com slash unprofessional, that's S-L-I-N-G-B-O-X.com slash unprofessional, you'll get $30 off plus free shipping on a brand new Slingbox. I was going to call you out on not spelling out the word unprofessional, but I guess you have a point that if uh, somebody's listening to this show, they probably know how to spell that word. That was my belief. Okay. I, my belief was that you should be able to spell unprofessional. But so slingbox.com slash unprofessional. You get $30 off. You get a slingbox. Now, Sling sent both me and Dave slingboxes. We said, no, no, send them to Colton and Flansburg. And they were like, no, we want to send them to you guys because you're the real famous ones. And we said, fine. Turns out they're big Ween fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I hooked mine up. I was watching my TV from France on shitty cruise Wi-Fi, and it worked. This was no Joko strong cruise Wi-Fi. This was like a France riverboat cruise with crappy Wi-Fi, and the Slingbox still did its thing. It worked. I don't have cable, so I have mine set up at a friend's house in Denver, so I can watch uh, local Denver channels here in New York if I want to. It's like if you miss some old Denver news anchors, you can check them out now. Maybe I just want to watch the weather or something. So uh, so check it out, and um, if I don't reach them in time and you go quickly to slingbox.com slash unprofessional, you'll see that at one point in their copy, they mention another podcast. So <laughs> nice. go check that out. But either way, you'll get the $30 off and free shipping. So thanks to Slingbox slash unprofessional. Thanks to Slingbox for uh, sponsoring this episode. Thanks, Slingbox. Now, what I keep thinking is that, uh, Jonathan, you should release a new song like... Uh, uh, luxury private jet crazy because that would be <laughs> that would be fun right in addition to the cruise that anybody can come on there is one event that we do per year which is very exclusive and super expensive <laughs> right it's 25 grand per ticket one person <laughs> may join me on my private jet <laughs> for 15 we'll minutes We'll meet you out in D- at Teterboro Airport. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this thing, when you think of things like that, that only the, the fabulously wealthy can really afford, that's to me the hardest part of the cruise, right? You, you've been pampered in every way. They feed you. They clean up after you. You want for nothing. And then you go home and you're like, man, I don't just need to be rich. I need to be like so insanely rich that I have somebody who makes all my meals and loads and unloads my dishwasher for me. Like that's yeah. the only way I can ever achieve it, happiness it, it again. It convinces you that that's the only path to happiness is being becoming mega rich. <laughs> yes. Sort of an unhealthy attitude. It's the American dream. John Flansburg, I have a question. Have you ever been have you ever been on a a private jet situation? Have you ever I've been in on a private star jet travel? Uh uh twice. It was going to and from the TED conference to perform one of possibly one of our weakest shows of all time. <laughs> that was a very early show, is that right? No, it was very early in the morning, yes. <laughs> yes. It was actually That's I believe I, mean. I believe in the performance I, I I point out that a couple of years earlier we had played at a conference for librarians in Michigan <laughs> at ten in the morning or, or or excuse me, at nine in the morning. And after that performance a librarian came up to me and said, you know, we don't usually go get to work till ten. This is early. This is early for us too. <laughs> and uh, but the TED conference's big idea was that we would it was it, uh, that we would play at eight thirty in the morning. Wow. Um, and st- which is such a strange and bad idea. Um, and um, a lot of the people in the audience seem to be it, even before we got on stage, they were very subdued compared to the day before. 
And it seemed as if it, it was a real possibility that there were some dot-com millionaires who were experiencing their first, very first hangovers. <laughs> well, there was a very raucous party the night before. And I think a lot of people um, kind of got into the into their cups a little bit farther than they normally had. You know, I think um, I think some Tesla electric cars were purchased online that night as impulse buys. <laughs> and uh, and then when they arrived the next morning, they just they, they seemed highly reluctant to rock. But um, I have. I have flown on. I, I flew on a private jet that was provided by somebody who is a fan of the TED conference, and they just volunteered it up because what? they own a private jet. And it's it's very strange because um, it's much much faster than your airport experience. You literally you can drive up. The, the, first of all, the plane doesn't leave till you get there, and as soon as you're there, it leaves. So. Instead of planning, uh, you know, two hours for your arrival at the airport, you can you don't have to plan any minutes. <laughs> and and your, nobody looks at you naked before you get on, unless you ask them. There's to. no security. Like if you if you want to have a second career as a drug mule, like there's unlimited possibilities. Right. Um, and uh, and then the, and I think they actually get to they might actually get to fly at a faster speed. Than passenger planes. Well, I don't think it's a, an allowance thing. Cause I, my understanding is with the, the passenger planes, they fly at the speed that they do because it's the best for fuel economy. Right. I think fuel economy is not as big a concern in these little planes. Or at least it's very different because the plane is smaller and the, the weight is uh, lighter. Yeah, they're blazing. I don't know anything about it, but we got there in like five minutes. And, <laughs> uh, and it, it just, everything about it was weird. It, and, and speaking of... Uh, something that you could get used to very, very quickly. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Private jet, I, yes, please. Yeah, well, but the, but of course that's never going to happen. In fact, I've never. I don't. I don't think I've ever flown first class except I flew first class on Tower Air, which was like the People Airlines of the nineties. Nice. Um, but that's. I've never flown first class, so I'm. It's, I'm kind of a stranger to air airport luxury. Well, this is the problem with the idea of doing uh, replacing the cruise with a, a private jet experience, because at that point you're you're going to be playing to and hanging out with with people that are they they all just have so much more money than you. People who could really make a difference in your career, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> that Kickstarter stretch goal of of one. Yeah, that's right. The my my only ever trip on a, a private jet was uh, in I was on a plane with Carson Daly. Going to Las Vegas from Los Angeles, which really is like a five-minute flight. Those right. were the days. This is like the worst name drop I've ever heard. Oh no this this is not meant to be. Well, I, if anybody's name dropping anybody, Carson is name dropping me. But um, oh, poor Carson Daly. <laughs> he actually Carson Daly is a charmer. Let me be clear. But uh, they they asked us what we'd want to eat ahead of time, and then they did not serve any food during the, <laughs> during the flight. Really? Yeah. Were they just messing with you? I, I don't know. There was there was a guy who the guy who and actually the CEO of our company whose jet it was, it wasn't even quite his jet. It was like a, a timeshare jet where he and a couple other very rich people all shared it. It was like joint custody. And uh I think that's how it works. I think yeah. that's how they do it. He was accustomed to having meals on longer flights and didn't realize how just how quick <laughs> the jaunt would be. So uh although he had had us all email in the list 
foods we liked, uh, there was no food served. They served beverages. They probably, the plane probably landed and the chefs in the galley are like, wait, I'm not done yet. The food was there. You just you He was just out. interested in knowing what everybody liked. Maybe. <laughs> he was yeah. he just wanted to learn some things about you. Hey, we're all going on my private jet soon. By the way, what foods do you like? There was I I, I saw a correlation where there was none. Right. That's on that's on you. I I feel like, you know, I go uh I get the the uh TSA pre-check thing. Mm. Oh, I got to do and, that. And uh just that is a uh lifts me up to a, a height of luxury like the the mere fact that i don't have to take my shoes off um i don't have to take my laptop out of my bag i think that's the only difference now you're just bragging well i know it seems how crazy. do you sign up for that where do you go to get on that list i think you can pay, i think you can pay um but i got it because there was one year that i was uh i was a platinum medallionist on uh delta because i had taken so many flights that i hit platinum uh, and I've since sunk back down to bronze or nickel or whatever it is. <laughs> Wood. Uh, so I haven't good anymore. But my pre-check status was given to me when I when I uh, got to platinum, and I have uh, retained it. Jonathan, are you saying that the George Clooney character in the film Up in the Air is based on your life? <laughs> yes, largely based on my life. That you year. were you were a platinum Delta flyer. I was a platinum Delta flyer. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have you don't have any. Uh, what's no, your medallion we're, status? Yeah, uh, we're on a tour bus most of the time. Oh, you're busing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so why, because I was I was doing all those little weekend trips here and there. So but they are platinum bussers. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, no one gets yeah. on the bus before Flanzi unless he says now, we, so. We we we've had uh we've had more than one person. Well, we've had we've employed terrorists, so we've been <laughs> many, many times. But uh, for a while, we had someone in our crew whose name was identical to, um, like an an IRA bomber, and you know it was it was one of those really simple Irish names that it seems like probably might be the fourth most popular name in the world. So it it, it seemed strange to me that you would get flagged. I, I don't understand why the uh, the TSA doesn't have a use photographs. I would think photographs would be really make their job easier when it comes to IDing people. Uh, you know, rather than you know just pulling over Ted Kennedy and saying, "Hey, you might be a senator, but your name is on this list." You know, it's a very. So, how do you get the TSA pre-check? You pay $85 and fill out this form online and then it's done. That's actually our other sponsor is TSA Pre. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. If you um, Google I believe TSA you. Fast Pass, you'll find it. But yeah, yes, go to 85... TSA.tv. <laughs> it's, only, it's only 85 bucks? That's uh, nothing. Yeah. It's 85 bucks is your non-refundable application fee. I don't know if you oh. have to pay something else <laughs> I hear, after you, that. You hear non-refundable and whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think do you think they actually check? What do you mean? Do do they actually do a, like a background check or something? I don't. I think that's what they do. I think they sort of uh, do actually, they make sure that you're not you know. Do you mean when you go to the airport or when you apply? When you apply. Oh yeah, when you apply, they they make you send them stuff. You have to do. They don't uh, look at that. They all they care is that you had eighty five dollars because terrorists don't. They make you give fingerprints. Oh really? Yeah. Really? I never gave fingerprints. Yes, yeah, so you did it early. You did it like in the unsafe time. <laughs> yeah. Did you do anything? You're amongst the many TSA pre-terrorists now. <laughs> if there are any terrorist cells out there listening to this show right now, contact Jonathan Colton. <laughs> right. 
I can help right. you out. You joined TSA Prime, not TSA. <laughs> <laughs> he gets free shipping. Wow. I feel I feel behind the loop. I mean, I just discovered airport lounges like a year ago, so I, I, I don't know how to travel. Yeah, those are, pretty, those are pretty nice, too. So I've, I've done the airport lounge thing maybe once or twice, but always on somebody else's uh, whatever. What's the big deal? Because it just seems like another place to sit. It's a uh, much more civilized place to sit. There's pastries oh. a lot of the time. There's free everything, and there's uh, outlets. Yeah. Right. You don't have to huddle around those weird outlet stands that they put in the you know at various terminals right now where it's like there's six plugs and everybody's hovering around them to try to get a chance to plug their iPhone and you you have more. Yeah. It's like yeah, Lord okay. of the Flies being you know the the, reg, the regular airport experience is, is terrible. But uh, you know I need to I want to get on this TSA Prime th- uh pre-check thing. I'm going to do good. it. It's good. Really like the feeling of not taking off your shoes is in, is ridiculously <laughs> pleasurable. Well, you can also get that experience if you leave Europe to come back to the United States. You can always right. identify the Americans in the security line because they're all taking off their shoes. Right. Uh, my there. wife took off her shoes and I'm like, "No, no, you don't have to do that." And she didn't believe me. So I asked the guy, I didn't just ask the guy, I asked the guy in French and proved that I was right. So that only, oh, that only works from Europe. We remember our experience in Australia where they uh, they they damn near called me a terrorist and made me stay. <laughs> Dave barely escaped from Australia. A it's lot. true. It's true. Did you did you ask them in French if one had to take one's shoes off? <laughs> Turns out they don't speak any French there. Turns they had out. no idea what I was saying. <laughs> no, they wanted me to go Wait. through the uh, the 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 porno scanner thing, and I declined. And the guys yelling, I was like, "Well, you have to." I'm like, oh, well, in, in the U.S., I have the choice to get a pat down. He's like, sir, this isn't the U.S. And I said, you, I would not say that like I'm proud of it. You managed to actually be worse than the TSA. That's not something you should be smiling at me for. Eight hours later, he got out of the interrogation room. Yeah, they, they were not amused with my attitude. Here's a funny joke. If you go to Australia and you're going to go through security in an airport, bring a, bring a knife with you. <laughs> And then when they say, hey, you have a knife, you say, that's not a knife. <laughs> Everybody laughs. They love it. <laughs> We're actually doing a contest where our, our first listener who has a picture of himself at the uh, Australian airports with the knife and a security representative with him, uh, he wins a prize. He gets uh, the free Joko album of his choice. <laughs> Sponsored by They Might Be Giants. <laughs> We are, there are totally black helicopters uh, circling all of our houses right now, you realize. Yeah. Am I the only one in this group who, when I go through TS, you know, when I go through the security line and they've got all the signs about how security is no laughing matter, how all I can think about is don't say hijack, don't say bomb, don't say gun. Like my brain is just screaming that it wants to say all these things and I know that I can't. Am I the only one who has that battle? I think so. No, it's a temptation. It's a temptation because there are a lot of funny jokes you could make, really funny jokes. I'm gunning to get through this security line quickly, I think to myself loudly. <laughs> I had I'm I'm reluctant to even say this, but I was flying back from LA and I'm I'm going through the security line at LAX and it was just a couple of days after the shooting a few months ago. And somebody did make a joke and security was very, very, very not happy with them. They were uh they didn't they didn't like pull them out of the line or anything, but they they that dude got a guilt trip like you've never seen. Right. Yeah. So I brought down the room. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Jerk. So how about this Rob Ford, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad it's not us. Let some other country have the crazy politician for a while. 
But, you know, I think the, the tradition of Robert Ford is actually, uh, it's kind of the tradition of small town mayors. There's, it, it's, he, he's basically, uh, you calling Toronto a small town? No, he's like, he's like a, the super achiever at, in this world of, of, uh, you know, crazy, you know, what, what's the, what's the, uh, you know, that Dukes of Hazard kind of reality, you know, he's just the one, he's the, he's the biggest version of, 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 uh, you know, the corrupt sheriff or the corrupt judge or the corrupt mayor. I think that's, that's what it really is. I, you know, I, I spend half my time up in rural New York state and there's a, there's a local mayor of, uh, one of the bigger towns, um, who is just, uh, completely, uh, just a man on you know he's just a he's on the loose basically mm-hmm. uh you know it's just he's he's just in between jail time right now <laughs> he, he, he he um he got caught selling um counterfeit sneakers he has a sneaker store and he was selling count like counterfeit nike sneakers so that's you know that's kind that's a kind of politician you know it's like it's a kind of guy who realizes that you can get over like not that many people are really paying close attention. I think that's kind of who Rob Ford is. He's just like, how hard would it be to be mayor? Yeah. And I also, I, I, is this true that there's actually, there's just no way there's no mechanism by which they can remove him from office. Right. They've stripped him of power, so he can't do anything, but he's going to be a mayor for the rest of his term. Well, he's evidently, he's also, he's even popular, which is strange. I mean, it's kind of like Marion Barry. Like there's actually, he had, he had, there is a constituency of people who like him more than the people who are, you know, tutting him. Well, you, you say Marion Barry, which I I think is probably uh, more directly applicable. I was thinking George W. Bush. People liked that he was folksy. People liked that he didn't uh, talk like some hoity toity, uh, you know, Yale graduate. Well, well, I mean, but George W. Bush didn't smoke crack. At least not while in office. No, I think, I think it's, it's safe to say that he, he, he doesn't need crack. He might have played some. He might have played some video games, but he, he didn't do any. Do it do, it does bother me that he gets that Rob Ford's popularity increases when all these things come out. Like, I don't, if his popularity stayed the same, fine. I can understand that. Then everybody's saying we're not fair with their friends. We liked him before, and we still like him now. But the fact that his popularity increased that disappointed me. I it was makes disappointed sense. My Torontonian brother. But they know him. They know him. Like we don't know him. Like all we know about him is that there's this like you know crazy guy who looks like uh, you know the 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 fat guy replacement on SNL like who's <laughs> smoking crack as mayor of Toronto. You know it's that, that all of that seems just very weird. I think they think of him as some lovable goofball who's completely out of control. Um, you know I, I I don't know they yeah I, I was I, it's it's easy to judge Rob Ford right. I was talking to a Canadian about this very thing, and she was saying, yeah, the thing is, is that people say, like, you know, they kind of laugh about it, and they know all the terrible things he does, and then they say, like, oh, he's all right, though. <laughs> like, that, that's how every conversation about Rob Ford ends. It's like, oh, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, that sort of sums it up. It's like, he's just a dude. He's just a dude, and he's kind of, we kind of love him. Maybe it's just the Canadians are so polite that they can't say anything bad, even after the guy has admitted to uh, purchasing and smoking crack. Even that's but not Marion Barry was the same way. Marion Barry gave away a ton of jobs. You know, basically half of the city of D.C. was you know was on a paycheck from from Marion Barry, and and that was you know that made him 
a much more palatable character for a lot of people was that he was just pro bureaucracy. Who well, knows? Did, I don't know. What, I don't know what the secret sauce that Rob Ford has going on. It's you know, it's it's not his uh, his devastating good looks. That's for sure. Yeah. How did Schwarzenegger get elected as governor of California? It's, what do you mean? It was a runoff election. Right, but it was, it was, it was the recall election, right? Yeah. Right, but I, I voted in that election, but I voted I did not vote for him. <laughs> but I think it's that people just like the idea of the for the I think the same reasons that he would be elected governor, that those are the reasons why Rob Ford would would be gaining in popularity. Cuz people like a spectacle. People like uh seeing people famous people, politicians, celebrities go through some shit. Well, he's also a populist, right? I mean, I think he's a different kind of uh, politician than um, you're, you're. He's not a bureaucrat. He's not. He's not Bloomberg. He's Chris Christie. He's like a guy who just says the ex, these expulsive, crazy things that just suddenly seem extremely true to the people watching the local news. And they go like, yeah, damn straight. That guy's right. He knows which way is up. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, so uh, is he, it's, <laughs> I, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> guy seems like a total nut. But uh, he, he got there, you know, he got there in kind of that face in the crowd kind of way that, you know, people, people succeed in politics. Well, so who do you think is going to win? The, who's, who's the next president? It's not too early to predict, fellas. Probably not Rob Ford. <laughs> I say Hillary Clinton. I would probably agree with that. It seems like that's a pretty safe bet. This is this is this is what this is my this is how I lay it out. Republican Party early on, the you know Iowa, New Hampshire, that Cruz guy, the the guy from Texas, like devastates whoever he's running against. He devastates Christie. It's like all of a sudden it's like they they have to put him on the front page of everything because he's he he wins. You know, Ted Cruz wins Iowa. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the everyone in the Republican, you know, the the actual smoke filled room says, hold on a second. You know, Ted Cruz could never win the presidency. Like, why are we doing this? We should have a moderate. And it splits the party. And then and Ted Cruz just goes full George Wallace on, you know, splits off and just uh or I guess, uh, you know, he just he just runs independently and as, as a Tea Party candidate with, you know, Sarah Palin or whoever as vice president. And then that becomes uh, just the split split party and the Republican Party is cleaved and uh, basically becomes decimated. I uh, yeah, no, I think that you're. Not far off. I think that Chris Christie, who is my governor in the sense that I live in his state. Uh, Did you vote for him? No, no, I'm not a fan. And I think that I think that the larger Republican Party, I, that's not a fat joke, although let's say it is. I think the larger Republican Party, um, I don't think that he could do well on the national stage, especially given you know that he's said things like, hey, I'm OK with some things that President Obama has done. So, I mean, I think he has no actual chance and I don't think that they've got anybody better in the wings. But, but, but when did it become like running against somebody mean you had means you have to line up against every single thing right. they ever did? Right. That's I the, mean, basically, the problem with hating on a Barack Obama on, at the level that all these obstructionist Republicans hate on him 
is that he's you know he's basically a pretty upstanding dude like he's you know he from a distance he's he sure seems like a decent fellow so like to say like everything about him is driving you crazy just kind of makes you look crazy i think that's the thing about chris christie is that in spite of the fact that chris christie is obviously a bit of a hothead right um he looks so much more reasonable than the Washington Republicans, right? Because he's not—he's not being driven out of his mind by this unacceptable yet completely reasonable president. <laughs> no. uh, we got it, all serious here. Well, I mean, I the the and I think the challenge is that for the Republican Party is that they. The, the the nationwide Republican Party won't elect anybody who's reasonable. They will only take the unreasonable options today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, this is the way somebody described uh, Israeli politics to me like uh, 15 years ago. They said that there's no place in the middle anymore. You know, it becomes things become so polarized, like the middle gets eaten. And it sort of seems like that's what's happening in the U.S. now. It there's feels no, it feels more like sports to me where you watch you've got your team and their team and everybody's wearing the same colored jersey so you know who's on which side and you don't have to think too much about it you just root for your team right right well that's certainly the way the media sets it up because it's more about the the horse race and it's more about the it's easier to just have it be you know who's up who's down rather than trying to really find a consensus and but you know by splitting people up that way but anyway, I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder about Hillary. I wonder if she's going to do it because you know this time, eight years ago, Hillary was ahead too. Right. So who knows what could any, anything could happen? Joko, who's the next president of the United States? Yes or no? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's it's too soon to call. I mean, if I had if I had to put money on somebody, it would probably be Hillary for exactly those reasons. It just seems like the Republican Party is a little bit too much in in disarray. And and the distance between the sort of local local successes and national you know successful politicians locally and successful politicians nationally doesn't seem like it really supports them winning a national election. But um, uh, but yeah, it's like any anything can happen. There's people we haven't even heard of yet who are going to start showing up. They'll end up being the vice president. Are you guys are you guys hinting that the two of you are going to run together? <laughs> Listen, I haven't. I it's way too early to to, to declare. <laughs> I, you know, I, I you know I personally love. I love Elizabeth Warren. I find her fantastic. Yeah, she she can like take somebody uh, just. She can ask a question and take somebody apart at the same time, in a wonderful way. I I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to debate somebody. Somebody trying to debate her. I think she could. She could actually really ding Hillary Clinton if she ran. Who do you think will hold higher political office by the end of their lives? Uh, Chelsea Clinton or one of uh, Obama's daughters? Oh, interesting. Oh, boy. Well, the, <laughs> you haven't really had much of a chance to see the, I mean, the daughters are so, they're just kids. But, they're, but there's two of them. Their views today are terrible. So, I mean, they're like for more desserts in public schools, like, 
I, I don't think that they have a really good legislative agenda right, right. now. Have they ever been they're, they're not, public they're not school? pulling very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> if there if there were to be a, a Flansburg and Colton ticket, would it be Colton Flansburg or Flansburg Colton? Fight. I'd I'd rather just uh, work for the campaign. We would, we would lead as two kings. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd rather lead from behind on that one. <laughs> I heard Carolyn Kennedy talking. You know, she's the amb- our ambassador to Japan now. Really? And it just every every sentence she said, it just was like a grudge. You know, I've got to do this. I'm Carolyn Kennedy. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, There's, I don't know. Yeah. I think that I, I, a life in politics sounds really unfun to me. I have this thing, even though I would I would not want the job as president, and I, I almost wouldn't wish that job on anybody. But when when I will hear stories from friends that that they or someone in their family had immigrated or they like they their 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 parents had immigrated to the US after they were born. So they were like three when they moved to the country. My first thought always is, Oh, you can never be president. Oh right. wow. Right, that's right. As if that were as if that were a realistic possibility or something they would even want anyway. You know what? It's nice to just have the option, right? I, yeah, right. I like to keep my options open. I'm frustrated that I, I will almost certainly never get elected pope. Uh, yeah, I would say that's true. It would be it would be a big surprise. Let's just say, let's put it that way. Pope Friedman. You just keep your last name, Pope Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I think Ted Cruz has got that problem right. He he was really not born in the U.S. By the way, have you been on his cruise? Because the the Ted Cruz, the crazy. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, yeah, Cruz? yeah. it's it's a lot of long talks about uh, you know breakthroughs in technology. Well, in all seriousness, John and Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this again. It was very kind of you. And I can't wait to unleash this episode to the masses tomorrow. Fantastic. I'm, just well, probably, I'm not going to bother editing. Good. You just, oh. just put it out there. Nice. Good luck with that. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jonathan, if you can email your audio, Dave may or may not be using it. Okay. Right. I mean, you're in the show either way. It's just a question <laughs> yeah. of whether we're gonna <laughs> just cut out all the silences and references yeah. to me. This right. is this is the deal. We wanted two guests so we could choose between you. Right. We're only keeping the one. <laughs> sorry, it's I'm like, sorry it's to like say, didn't make it in this time. All that cruise stuff is. They're gonna, gonna hand you a rose. It's not gonna make any sense. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna use your audio, just your side of the conversation, as a sort of uh, an extra, a downloadable extra. <laughs> It's gonna, yeah, it's DLC, so you get the podcast right. for free. But if you want Jonathan Colton, that's three dollars. It's a premium. <laughs> oh, dude, we should totally release an episode where each track is its own. Each each vocal track is its own <laughs> download. Every person awesome. is one dollar. So if you want the whole show, you have to pay four dollars. I would do that. Well, see, if Landsberg could have gotten his shit together and recorded his <laughs> side, we could have had some money going on here. We could have flown that Next private time. jet. Hey, he is a fully integrated Skype user now, so we should all be proud. All right. Well, yeah, next this time. Thing is, this thing is that giving me a tan on the left side of my face. <laughs> <laughs>